Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, so glad to be with you again this week. I hope things are going well with you and you're believing God. And, uh, you know, we are the people that regardless of what happens, God makes a way for us. And that's the way we need to think, nay, in all these things. Romans 8, 37, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And the way I translate that into my life is, regardless of what comes my way, regardless of what's hardship, difficulty, test, pressure, somehow I'm going to make it through that. I've always thought this way. You know, if I can keep one nostril above water, even though it looks difficult and impossible, as long as I can suck some air, I'm going to make it. And you know, uh, when you have Jesus in your life, you and Jesus make a majority, and he's the greater part of that majority, right? So when we trust him, he works things out. All things work together for good to those who love God. If you believe in God, standing in faith, and you're a prayerful person. So we are talking about, let's get right to this. We've been talking about healing, and I'm, I'm talking about healing for a good period of time here. Want your faith in healing. You always want to keep your faith in healing uh, built up. There will never be a time, I'll say this a thousand times, ne- there will never be a time in my life or your life that we don't need faith for healing either for ourselves or for someone else. So this is one area of life that we need to keep our faith in God's Word built up in. Faith only begins where God's will is known. And where do we find God's will? We find God's will in His Word. So what does the Bible say about health, healing, and wholeness? So that's the reason that we want to take plenty of time, among other things we do, just to feed our faith and starve our doubts, as Smith Wigglesworth used to say, and feed our faith on the Word of God about divine healing. So that's what I'm doing Um, Let me also mention this, faith never registers or is never stronger than the words that you speak about whatever subject you're wanting faith for. Let me say it again, let me make it simple, faith faith never registers above the words of of your lips. What I say is what I believe. What I say is my faith speaking. So ask yourself this simple question. Give yourself a faith diagnosis. What do you believe in in the area of healing and health for your physical body? Well, you say, well, I'm not sure. Yes, you do. Yes, you're sure. What are you saying about your health and the wholeness of your physical body? And if you say, well, nothing in particular, you know what? That's what you're going to get from the Lord. Nothing in particular. You got to be really specific with faith, particularly when it comes to the healing and the health and wholeness of our physical bodies. You know, I say every day what I believe about my physical body. I get up every morning, I spend time in, in the Word, and then I pray. And one of the things I do when I'm praying every single day of my life is I mention to the Lord, Romans 8, 11, Lord, I thank you, the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is in me, and he that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken, make alive my physical body, my mortal body. And so I say, Lord, I thank you 
today and every day. Every cell of my body is blessed by you. Every system, every organ of my body. Uh, Lord, I thank you that it is energized by the Holy Spirit. And this, and I say this, every day, as long as I live, for the rest of my life, I will live a long life and I will be healthy every day. Every organ will function. Every system of my body will function the way it was designed to function. And I mentioned every joint, every ligament, every muscle, every tendon of my body will function. I will be agile and strong lifelong because Deuteronomy 33.25 says, As my days, so will my strength be. I believe that. Now, you know what you say? Well, I don't believe that, Pastor Mitch. Well, start saying it. And you know what? Somewhere down the path, as you say it every day, you'll begin to actually believe what you say. You know, people use that, uh, that tool of repetition every day in the news media, every day in all kinds of ways to, to formulate public opinion. They say things that aren't necessarily true to get people to believe um, a lie. And you know what? You can turn that negative idea into a positive one in your own life. You may not believe that you're going to be healthy lifelong. You may not even believe what you're saying when you say, I believe that I will be healthy as long as I live in my body and I will live a long time and be healthy. Every part of my body will function. You, you may not believe that to start with, but you know, if you just keep saying it every day, you'll reach a point that you actually believe what you say. I'm really careful with my words and I watch the things I say about anything in life. I'm very, very careful with my words, and you need to be careful with your words as well. So again, we're talking about health, healing, and wholeness. And let me say this. So we've been talking about uh, seven reasons that you can know that healing is the will of God for you. Again, let me say I was raised in a church that prayed for the sick with a faith-destroying prayer. Lord, if it be your will. If you're praying for someone to be healed, and you're praying, Lord, if it be your will, you just threw your faith away. You threw your faith in the trash can. No, no, that's a faith-destroying prayer. Why? Because faith begins where the will of God is known. So we're talking, we're out in the middle of talking about seven reasons that we can know that healing is always God's will for us. In the past, past podcast, we've mentioned we can know that healing is the will of God for us, number one, because of perfect creation. Because of perfect creation. Every time, after every event of creating something, God said, behold, it was good. Very last day, he said, behold, it was very good. Number two, God wants his will on earth to parallel his will in heaven. Jesus prayed it, Matthew 6, 10, in the Lord's Prayer. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thirdly, God never changes his attitude towards us. Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. Number four, in God's mind, the same sacrifice that saves you is the same sacrifice that heals you. Psalm 103, 3, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases. We mentioned Matthew 9, where Jesus was Paying for praying for a paralyzed man, and he said, "Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or rise and and take your bed and walk?" But that you may know that I have the power on earth to forgive sin, he said to this this uh, crippled man, 
Arise, take up your bed and walk. So again, he equated the forgiveness of sin and healing of disease on an equal plane when it comes to the Lord. So in God's mind, the same sacrifice of Jesus that saves you is the same sacrifice that can heal you. Now we're going to have a lesson. We're going to talk about uh, healing and the atonement of Christ. It's going to be really awesome. But uh, again, in God's mind, the same sacrifice that saves is the same sacrifice that heals. Number five, we mentioned that in the Bible, sickness is directly attributed to Satan. In fact, in the book of Job, J, J, uh, Satan went from God's presence and the Bible says struck Job with, with sores head to toe. Who is the author of sickness? Satan is. Paul turned a, a young man who was living in sin in 1 Corinthians 5 over to the devil. Why? For the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Number six, the sixth reason that we can know that it's God's will to heal is uh, there. Now, this is really something. There is no sickness. Have you noticed this? No sickness on earth when Satan is bound during the millennial or a thousand year reign of Christ. During that time, there is no sickness on earth at all. Listen to Revelation 20 verses one through three. Then I saw an angel come down from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit and heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until that thousand years were finished. Afterwards, he must be released for a little while. So Satan is bound during the millennial reign of Christ. Satan is not here. Uh, the, the, uh, the angels that fell, they are not here. No, only God is here, and the, the, the righteous angels are here, and we are here. The 1,000-year reign of Jesus is going to be an awesome time. And one of the things you find out, now watch these next two verses. There is no sickness during the millennial 1,000-year reign, reign of Jesus. Why? Well, well uh, you put two and two together. If Satan's not here, and then there's no sickness during the millennial reign of Christ, where do you think sickness comes from? It comes from Satan. Isaiah 33, 24, and the inhabitants, talking about the millennial reign of Christ, and the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. So again, this is talking about the thousand-year reign of Jesus after Jesus returns. There'll be no sickness here. Isaiah 11, verse 9, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And so again, if Satan is not here during the 1,000-year reign of Jesus, and if there is no sickness during the 1,000-year reign of Jesus, can't you put the two together very easily? Sickness and Satan uh, are on equal, on equal planes. Satan is the origin of sickness and disease. He started it. He's the one that did it, and you just got to know that. And then number seven, at times... Jesus dealt with sickness the same way he dealt with demons. Now, this is very interesting. So, you know, as, I, as I'm talking to you about this, I'm thinking about my upbringing and how people would talk about it might be the will of God for you to be sick. Well, how can, how can God and Satan have the same plan and purpose for a human life? They don't. No, no they don't. It's not God's will that we be sick. God has no sickness to put on us. And then you notice in the Gospels that Jesus dealt with sickness the same way he dealt with demon spirits. 
Now look at Luke chapter 4. Let, read, listen to this as I read uh, verses 33 through 36, New Living Translation. Here's a case of demon possession that Jesus dealt with. Once he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, evil, an evil spirit, began shouting at Jesus, Go away. What are you ear why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus cut him short. Be quiet. Come out of him, he ordered. At the time the demon threw the man to the floor, the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him. And so again, Jesus had authority over demon forces. Now look at the, look at just to skip a verse and look at Luke 4, 38 and 39. After leaving the synagogue <clears throat> that day, Jesus went to Simon or Peter's home. He found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged, standing at her bedside. He rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. Do you notice that this man in the synagogue, uh, that Jesus rebuked the devil and commanded him to leave him, and they, and they left. And in the same way, Jesus rebuked the fever, fever in Peter's mother-in-law, and she was healed. See, the same faith, the same authority that Jesus exercised over demon spirits is the same authority that Jesus exercised over sickness and disease and he rebuked sickness and disease the same way he rebuked um, uh, the demonic forces in people's lives so what do you what do you, what what's the inference the inference is sin and sickness and satan uh, are synonymous they go together and the same the same authority you have over the devil is the same authority that you have over sickness and disease because because jesus dealt with sickness the same way he dealt with demons. So again, Mark 9, listen to this, 17 through 27, New Living Translation. Again, Mark chapter 9. And it says here, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son to you so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. So here's a young man who is mute, mute and whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. So he has some kinds of seizures. And he said, this demon force got a hold, gets a hold of him and throws him around. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, uh, wreathing and foaming at the mouth. How long is, has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible. If a person believes, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd 
as the people said he's dead. But Jesus took him, the little boy, by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. See, Jesus exercised authority over Satan, and Jesus exercised authority over sickness. And this instance here, the, the demon spirit that was convulsing the little boy actually caused the little boy to be deaf and dumb and caused him to have looked like some kind of seizure. And uh, so again, Jesus healed him. S Satan and sickness are on a, an equal plane, and the same authority that we have over Satan is the same authority that we have over sickness. And so again, my my seventh point is, at times, Jesus dealt with sickness the way he dealt with demons. Now, if Jesus exercised authority over the devil, look, guess what? He gave that authority to us, the church of the Lord Jesus. Uh, 1 John 3, 8 says this, but when people keep on sinning, John said, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? He came to undo, to destroy Satan's works. What is one of Satan's works? Sickness and disease. Then Acts 10, 38, I often wake up at night and just let this, this particular scripture, for some reason, float through my mind. It's a wonderful thing. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And so again, Jesus refers here to sickness as oppression of the devil. And so he again exercised authority and healed all who were oppressed by the devil because Jesus has authority over the devil. So again, some people got it all mixed up. To some people, God puts sickness on people and the devil and the devil heals them. You know, the churches I was raised in, listen, you know, if you ever talked about God's healing power, they thought that something was wrong with you. But if you talked about God making you sick, they thought, well, you're normal. But if you talked about God healing, there's something wrong with that. And it was the most confusing thing to me as a little child. So again, God's not the one that makes us sick. God's the one that makes us well. Satan is the author of sickness and disease. You know, Jesus himself said a house divided against itself cannot, cannot stand. If God put sickness on people and Jesus became our sickness, then God is creating the problem that Jesus, his son, came to solve. That's ludicrous and crazy. Again, we need to resist sickness the way we resist Satan. So, you know, the moment any kind of sickness tries to touch me, any kind of infirmity, I resist it in the name of Jesus. I don't wait. There might be a pain. It might be a thought. It may be something that seems to, starting, seems to be starting to malfunction in my human body. I don't wait the moment, the very moment I feel the discomfort or the strange whatever symptom. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over it. See, we're to resist the devil. You resist sickness the same way you resist the devil. The same authority that Jesus gives us over Satan, he gives us over sickness and disease. Notice Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, and 18, And then these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no 
no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. John 14, 12 through 14, most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, Jesus gave us authority to use his name, and we can exercise that authority over every extremity. We can exercise that authority over sickness and disease. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. So Jesus has given us the unqualified use of his name. If we're in Christ Jesus and we're walking with God, we can exercise the same authority Jesus exercised over Satan, and he has to obey. And since Satan is the author of sickness and disease, we can rebuke sickness the way we rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. Acts 3, notice 1 through 9. This is, uh, this is one of the gates of the temple, and Peter and John were there. Now, Peter and John went up. Uh, together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John and uh, it's Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them, uh, from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him praising God. Uh, Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places, what does it mean? We exercise the same authority that Jesus has in his place in eternity. Again, Ephesians 1, verse 20, it talks about uh, us knowing the exceeding greatness of God's power to us who believe according to the working of God's mighty power. Verse 20, Ephesians 1, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Where? Far above principalities and powers, mights, dominion, above every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come and has put all things under his feet. And gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills in all in all. So if Jesus, Jesus is, is seated far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and we're seated with him as, as he's the head and we're the body of Christ, then the same authority the head has is the th same authority that the body has. And when Satan comes to attack you, you have the authority to say, take your foul, nasty hands off me in Jesus' name. Colossians 1.13, Amplified Bible. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself 
out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Colossians 2.15, New King James, having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Colossians 2.15, Amplified, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it or the cross. Message paraphrase, same verse, Colossians 2.15. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. God's word translation, Colossians 2.15. He stripped the rulers and authorities of their power and made a public spectacle of them as he celebrated the victory in Christ. Then J.B. Phillips' translation, Colossians 2.15. And then having drawn the sting of all the powers and authorities ranged against us, he exposed them, shattered, empty, and defeated in his own triumphant victory. Lastly, Passion Translation. Colossians 2.15, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner, they were his. That's so good. See, the same authority that you and I have over the devil that Jesus gave us when he raised from the dead and when he seated us in heavenly places right beside him, we have that same authority that Jesus has. And as Jesus rebuked the devil, we can. As Jesus rebuked sickness, we can too. Use it on your own body. Command Satan to take his hands off you. Father, as I conclude this podcast today, I pray in the name of Jesus for every person listening that the very power of God would enter their physical body. I rebuke every sickness, every illness, every debility in the name of Jesus. Let the very life of God rise up in them. Let the healing power of Jesus be made manifest in every person listening from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Let the very healing power of God flow. Satan, take your hands off their bodies. Lord, let your healing power flow into each person listening in Jesus' name. Let the very life of God drive out all weakness and debility in Jesus' name. Again, we can know that it's God's will to heal us because of perfect creation, because God wants His will on earth to parallel what is in heaven, because God never changes in His attitude towards us, because in God's mind, number four, the same sacrifice that saves you is the same sacrifice that can heal you, Because number five in the Bible, sickness is directly attributed to Satan. Because number six, no sickness is on earth when Satan is bound during the millennium. Number seven, lastly, at times Jesus dealt with sickness the way he dealt with demons. And we have that same authority. My friend, we'll we'll start talking next time about, about healing and the atonement of Christ. Hope you have an awesome day. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, 
If you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.